The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated French Open in years, and Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your smart TV or your phone live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to continue their legacy on the clay courts? From the first serve to the final point, the French Open promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it all happens. Welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and right now and today you are listening on the Believe Network. So sorry I wasn't able to get you another podcast during Roland Garros, but as as I told you in the previous episode, if you listened, I was on vacation. Vacation was awesome. Unfortunately, I didn't have full access to Roland Garros, and I didn't have full access to even internet for most of it, but I did happened to see a few matches, and I did keep up with it when I did have internet and access to a TV where I could watch it on ESPN or Tennis Channel, and I tried to watch as much as possible, and boy, was it entertaining. Um, obviously, the large storyline out of Roland Garros, if you don't know it by now, Rafael Nadal wins his 14th Roland Garros title. He also wins Grand Slam Major number 22. That is two more than Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer. So if you're looking at GOAT talk, it's hard to look past Rafael Nadal right now. Now, this win does come with a lot of concerns probably for Nadal fans, and there's a lot to get into when it comes to what happened at the French Open this year. I'm going to get into the Nadal stuff pretty much at the very end, but I had to tell you off the top who won and why they won and all that stuff. But this tournament, a lot of ups and downs. If you if you listen to my previous episode and you also even saw the bracket or heard anything about the bracket, you know that the bracket was pretty lopsided. In the top half, as Carlos Alcaraz, Sferev, Djokovic, and Nadal, that was a quarterfinals. Then in the bottom half, it was Rude, and they had Tsitsipas in the bottom half, uh, Daniil Medvedev, Rublev, those guys, Marin Cilic in the bottom half. So this was very a top-heavy bracket. Now, there were some surprises early on in this tournament, and one of the biggest surprises of all, I think, was right off the bat, you got a guy that I expected to make a pretty good run here, although he is a grass court player, he is a hard court player, but Denis Shapovalov loses in the first round to Holger Rune. Now, Rune had a great tournament. He had the best tournament of his life. He played out of his mind. He played so, so good. Solid tennis throughout this entire tournament. Actually, has never won a Grand Slam match before Roland Garros. Comes into Roland Garros and makes it all the way to the quarterfinals. Now, Holger Rune had an incredible tournament, but Shapo loses in the first round, which was, in my eyes, very, very surprising. I expect him to make a run. You're the 14th seed in the Grand Slam. I would expect you probably to make it a little bit further. Um, but that's neither here nor there. That was surprising for me. Um, more surprises for me, uh, Daniel Evans loses to Michael uh, Yimer in the second round. Now, Evans was a 29 seed. Yimer not even seated. Uh, Tommy Paul, 30 seed, goes out first round. 
it was just a weird tournament. And everyone knew, I knew it was going to be a weird tournament off the bat just because how the bracket lined up. But I didn't know, you know, these upsets were going to be coming so early and things like that. But when you're looking at a tournament like this, you're looking at Roland Garros, you look at the King of Clay, you look at the number one seed when you're looking at Novak Djokovic and Rafael Nadal, and you're pretty much expecting them to do what they do best, and that is to make it far. And really, that's the storyline of this tournament. I mean, Holger Rune obviously makes a run, a great run into the quarters. He actually beats Stefano Tsitsipas, who was my choice to win this tournament. So obviously, that didn't go as planned. But Rune ends up playing past Tsitsipas, end up playing Kasper Ruud, who makes it to the final. But let's go to the, let's stay on the bottom half of this. Kasper Ruud makes it to the final. He beats Rune. He beats Hubie Hercoch. He beats Lorenzo Sinego. He beats, you know, he has to beat Songa, who loses first round and his career is over. He retires after this in the first round. So he had quite the eventful French Open. He's the first Norwegian man to ever make it into a Grand Slam final. And as a clay court player, I think everyone expected this to be his first final. Now, he kind of folded in the final, but that's what happens when you play the King of Clay, who is playing phenomenal tennis and had a really, really hard, you know, track to the finals and is playing some of the best tennis. You know, he's played such good tennis. I wouldn't say of his career, but he's playing phenomenal tennis right now, especially coming off the early, you know, success he had here in 2022. Holger Rune to the quarters. Also in the quarters, it's Andre Rublev is playing Marin Cilic. Marin Cilic has a great tournament. He goes on to beat Daniil Medvedev, the two-seed, in three sets. Now, Medvedev, not necessarily a grass court player, so it's not like this is a shocking win. But when Marin Cilic plays really well, he is so on. And I think that's what people really started to see at this tournament. You kind of forget about Cilic, but he's the number 20 seed in this tournament. And I think when people watched him at this tournament, you really realized when Marin Cilic is playing really well, it is really, really hard to beat him. Now, he does lose in the semifinals to Kasper Ruud on the bottom side of this bracket. And he actually beats Medvedev and then beats Rublev in five sets and then goes on to lose to Kasper Ruud in four sets. But he had too many unforced errors. This is one of the match matches I watched was Ruud and Marin Cilic. And there was just way too many unforced errors, way too many errors from, from uh, Marin Cilic. But I think he would have had a good run in the finals with Rafael Nadal if he would have made it that far just from his age and experience and wisdom that he has in the sport. But on the bottom side of the bracket, for sure, Holger Rune, the name of the tournament when you're looking at, you know, guys that really surprised a lot of people. You go beat Shapo, you go beat Sitsipas and make your way and play competitive against Kasper Ruud. That's pretty impressive. So hats off to Holger Rune. I think a lot of people are excited about what he can do moving forward. I'm definitely excited about what he can do moving forward. And with that win, he actually moves to number 21 in the world. So uh, this is a guy last year we were talking about, you know, he was worried about his ranking and he couldn't he couldn't crack the rankings and he was really trying to. And then he comes into this tournament and does this in his first Grand Slam winning a match. Boom, number 21 in the world. So really good for him moving forward and happy to see that he did that well. You already know Casper Ruud made it to the finals. That was pretty much the name and, the you know, the Pretty much what happened in the bottom side of the bracket. Top side of the bracket. Oh, my. Uh, Carlo Gal Carlos Alcaraz has a great tournament, as you would expect. He plays Sebastian Corda. I really thought Corda would give him more of a push for his money. He plays him, I believe, in the third round. Washes Corda 6-4-6-4-6-2. Goes on to beat Karen Hachinov, the Russian, in 6-1-6-4-6-4. Goes on to play Alexander Sverev. Now, this is a rematch of the final in Madrid, where Carlos Alcaraz actually wins the Masters 1000 and beats... Alexander Sverev. So I thought maybe this could be a rematch of that, but I really think 
the exhaustion really, you know, catches up to Alcaraz. I really do because uh, Sverev also playing really, really good tennis, but not enough to beat Alexander Sverev. Sverev is playing some of the best tennis of his career at this tournament. Beats Alcaraz in four sets. Uh, if this would have went five, it really would have been anybody's match. But Alexander Sverev, he prevails. He makes it to the semifinals. But then you look at the top side of the bracket. Top, the, the top side of the top side of the bracket. Incredible matches here. Five-set winner Nadal beats Felix Ogiel-Yassim. If you remember, FAA's coach is Tony Nadal. So that, you know, Uncle Tony, the longtime coach of Rafael Nadal, had all the success with him. And I don't believe Uncle Tony sat in anybody's suite or in anybody's box during this match. But Felix Ogiel-Yassim, just not enough to beat Rafael Nadal. Nadal wins in four sets, five sets, sorry, Makes it onto the final. I thought that Diego Schwartzman would give Novak Djokovic before the quarters in the fourth round a little bit more run for his money. Djokovic wins in four sets, and we move on into the quarterfinal that everybody was dreaming that they would get, and they did. Rafael Nadal beats Novak Djokovic in four sets. An incredible match, an incredible battle, but it's just, especially what happened last year with Novak beating Nadal, and I just didn't think that Nadal was you know, going to be beat this time. I, you know, as good as Djokovic is, he hasn't played a lot of tennis this year and Nadal is too, too good. Nadal moves on in four sets, wins the four set in a tiebreaker and he is on to the semifinals against Alexander Sverev. Now Sverev, this is a big story actually and you'll probably hear me talk about this as we go into the grass court season but Sverev actually gets hurt in this match. Nadal wins first set in a tiebreaker in the second set tiebreaker, Sverev rolls his ankle pretty gnarly. It was pretty bad, actually. Uh, I'm not saying he would have won this match, but Sverev was playing very competitive tennis against Nadal, and it definitely would have wore him out a lot more for the final. But nope, he gets hurt. Alexander Sverev is forced to retire. Who knows what his future looked like? This was a legit injury. This isn't like a tweak my ankle. I don't want to be worse later. This was a legit injury. He went on a wheelchair. He went on crutches. He literally couldn't put any weight on it. So uh, he did an update on social media, and it looks like doctors still looking at it. We're not quite sure what exactly is going on. But nevertheless, not a great injury for Alexander Sverev, which moves Rafael Nadal into the final. Now, Nadal definitely had the tougher path into the final. Plays a five-setter against FAA, plays Novak Djokovic, and then plays Alexander Sverev. Three guys that are playing great tennis right now. But it's Rafael Nadal on Philippe Chaturier in a French Open final. What do you expect? I told someone before this French Open final, in order for Casper Ruud to win this final, he has to play lights out perfect for the entire match, and something has to go a little bit wrong for Rafael Nadal, but it does not. Nadal wins in straight sets, dominates Casper Ruud, wins his 14th Roland Garros, and wins his 22nd Grand Slam, Grand Slam title. It is absurd how well and how consistent he has played so well on that stage in Grand Slams and especially at Roland Garros. With 14 wins at Roland Garros, he ties how many Grand Slams that Pete Sampras won in total. And he's won that many at Roland Garros. A phenomenal feat and great for the sport of tennis, I think. Puts him at top of the GOAT talk, of the GOAT conversation, but it's definitely interesting when you get into it. Now we get into what's next for Rafael Nadal. If you remember correctly, before 2022 actually started, he had a foot surgery and through Australian Open, you know, he talked about that being a little bit bothersome, especially after the Aussie Open, after he won Aussie Open and kind of went on a spree and went like 22 and one or something with his match records. He did talk about how his foot's bothering him and how it could be a challenge. And he was very, very, very open about it 
at the French Open. He even said multiple times, who knows, this could be my last French Open. Uh, he was very vocal about how his foot is really bothering him. He even said prior to the finals, said, I would sacrifice losing tomorrow if I just got a new foot. So he has had a lot of challenge with injuries throughout his career, and people have counted him out, and he's still come back. But for him to be visibly in this much pain and not doing so well, uh, I think surprised a lot of people and opens eyes that you know he could be done real soon. He talks about just being happy off of the court and in his everyday life, and this is, I think, concerning for a lot of fans of tennis, and not only fans of tennis, but Rafael Nadal fans in general. Now, do I think he's done? No, but I think it could be sooner than a lot of people expected. That could be a couple years from now. He's already 36 years old. He just turned 36 during the French. So who knows what's next for Rafael Nadal. He said he got a pretty much pain-numbing shot in his foot prior to the to the finals. So I wouldn't be surprised if he backed out of Wimbledon. Now, I think a lot of people want to see him go for the you know calendar grand slam, but I don't know if he can play with that pain. I, I obviously don't know what his pain threshold is and what exactly he's pay- playing through. But the way he talked about it at the French, he, he was very open that this could be his last French Open, which is very big words for him to say, especially what the French Open has meant to him and how well he's played there. And he calls it a, pretty much a home away from home and a home for him. So very shocking to hear him talk that way and talk that way about what's going on with this foot. But that is real, and that is what's happening with Rafael Nadal. My takeaways from the French Open. There's a lot of them, but I'm just going to start with something Real simple. Um, Novak Djokovic, I think, is back to his form. And I, I, I've i said this on here before, but him coming from not playing any matches earlier in the year, I think, hurt him because he's just not in that shape. He's not getting that actual experience playing matches. But I think after watching him at the front, he is ready for Wimbledon. And I think he could be very dangerous when he plays at Wimbledon later on in this month. Another one, Rafael Nadal, obviously the GOAT right now and playing phenomenal tennis. Very, very, very interested to see how he plays out the rest of the year. Could go for the calendar Grand Slam, but will he try to sit out and strategically plan what he does next and how he plays his points moving forward? Very interesting to see how that's going to play out. Casper Ruud, guy's on top of his game. He's a legit player. He's very quiet, so he doesn't get talked about a bunch, but he's going to keep moving up, and he plays great, great tennis. This was the first time playing Rafael Nadal, and he played him in the final on Philippe Chatrier of the tournament that he that Nadal's won 13 times. So obviously he didn't play his best tennis. He was probably a little locked up. But Casper Ruud, I've said this before, remember the name. He is he is fastly going to be a top four, top five player in the world. I believe he's number six right now, or maybe he's even top five. But he's going to be a legit contender for Grand Slams moving forward, especially in the last year or so. We've seen a lot of, you know, not big three people being Grand Slams. You look at Medvedev, you look at... Um, Big three, I mean, Federer, Nadal, Djokovic. But you look at uh, Medvedev's been in one. Tsitsipas has been in one. Team and Sverev have been in one. Now Kasper Ruud's been in one. So this next gen is starting to get a little taste of what it's like at the top. And I think it's only a matter of time before they lock it up at the very top of their game. Uh, Holger Rune, another name to remember. He's playing great tennis. And he had a great showing here, showing that he can play at the biggest level. Alexander Sverev playing great at the top level again. Very worrisome with his ankle. We'll see what's going on with that moving forward. FAA, Felix Ogiel-Yassim, I think can be a real contender for a lot of these slam titles. Um, I think he's starting to get that it factor, which is very promising to see for Canadian tennis and really for tennis fans in general. Marin Cilic makes a run again. It's been a while since he's really been at the very top, but if he starts playing well, 
look out for him and look out for what he can do moving forward. Now at the very end of this, I really want to get into what just happened on the women's side at the French Open. Iga Swiatek has won like 35 straight matches, uh, breaking all the records, and she wins another French Open. She is playing lights-out tennis right now. She's almost must-see TV for sure. If you can watch Swiatek play, watch her play. She's a great player. She has great awareness. She has great strokes. She's really fun to watch. And she's playing lights-out here in 20. 22. She's awesome to watch. She played Coco Goff in the final. Goff makes the final. You know, she's not even 20 years old yet, and she's already, you know, making massive runs at these Grand Slams. It's only a matter of time before she wins a Grand Slam as well. This is good experience for her, I think. And the Americans in general on the women's side had a had a great tournament. Uh, Pagula had a good tournament. You look at Sloan Stevens, who lost to Coco Goff, had a great tournament. So, Keep an eye on those Americans as they move forward, as they keep playing well, and that's really promising for American tennis. Another thing to look at, uh, Coco Goff and Jessica Pagula actually made it to the finals in the in the women the women's final. Doubles, sorry, I couldn't spit that out. In the doubles women's final as well. So great for American tennis to get all this experience and get all, you know, American women have been really good for a long time, and so it's awesome to keep seeing them be more successful at these tournaments and making it to finals and making big runs. Uh, hopefully we can crack the top again real soon. Uh, Wimbledon's right around the corner, guys. Uh, it's really not far away. Next week, we're going to get into a lot of other things. I just needed to recap Roland Garros. Once again, sorry I wasn't more alert during Roland Garros, but I did keep up with it. Uh, but I was on vacation, and vacation was uh, awesome. So I don't even feel bad about it. So. Oh, well, we're moving on. Next week, we're talking Wimbledon. We're going to talk some other things moving into Wimbledon. Players have already started playing on grass. What injuries are we looking at? Who's going to play? Who's not going to play? That could be a big topic, big topic as well. But for now, it's summer. It's hot outside. It's nice outside. Get outside, play some tennis. I'm hoping to get out this week as well. Appreciate y'all listening. Take care. Have a good rest of your week. And as always, how about we just be nice to one another? We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.